Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. the privilege of ministering. Go ahead and have a seat. Greet your neighbor before you do. Hallelujah. Good. It's a good looking crowd today. Amen. Those who've tuned in this uh, morning, welcome. If you're here for the first time, on behalf of Pastor Reuben, our senior pastor, we welcome you. And we want you to stay afterwards and just uh, introduce yourself to us. Amen. Don't, don't be so quick to leave. Amen. We'll tackle you at the door. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be, it's good to be I said, in, like I said, in the house of God. And, and uh, you know, this morning, uh, I was uh, thinking about what Pastor Reuben had mentioned a, a while back about, about the plans that we have. How many know that in making plans that you have to count the cost? You have to see what is all involved. And in, in, in part of the vision that he has for here in La Mirada is, is that we're going to extend. We're going to start building. We, we, we need to start preparing for what God is going to do here in this city. That the people of God that are coming in. So when he, thought, when he was mentioning that, I thought about the term groundbreaking. Amen. You've seen it before where... You're getting ready to do something new, and they come on out, they have the councilman, and they bring in the mayor, and you're going to have Pastor Sandoval there with his Bob the Builder hat and his shovel, and, they're gonna, you know, and it's a celebration of what God is doing, something new, groundbreaking. So I titled this message, Are You Ready? Because that's the theme of our conferences, Are You Ready? Ready for what? Are you ready? And the title of this message is, is Are You Ready to Break Ground? Break Ground. Uh, turn your book, uh, your Bibles over to the book of Luke chapter 8. And here in this passage of Scripture, Jesus brings the parable. Jesus spoke in parables oftentimes to the, the people because it was a better understanding of what he was trying to convey to them. And in this portion of Scripture, he's bringing out the, the parable of the sower. Now, in this passage of Scripture, he's mentioning the soils. And he speaks about this. And in verse 5, it reads this. It says, Once a farmer went out to scatter seed in his fields. Some seed fell along a trail where they were crushed underfoot by people walking by. Birds flew in and ate those seeds. Other seeds fell on gravel. Those seeds sprouted but soon withered, depleted of moisture under the scorching sun. Verse 7. Still other seeds landed among thorns where they grew for a while, but eventually the thorns stunted them so they couldn't thrive or bear fruit. And some seeds fell into good soil. Say good soil. Soft, moist, free from thorns, these seeds not only grew, but they also produced more seeds, a hundred times what the farmer originally planted. 
If you have ears, hear my meaning. Pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this morning. Father, for bringing us to your house. Father, we pray, Lord God, that this morning, God, that we have the ears to hear what you are saying, Lord. Father, I pray for those this morning who do not know you, God, that you would touch their hearts, Lord God. Speak to them, Lord God. To us, Lord God, who serve you, Lord God, who've, who've plowed the fields, Father God, who've stayed in the house of God. Father, that we continue to learn, Father God, grow and prosper in your house, Father. Father God, I come against any distractions this morning, God. The enemy will not prevail in the house of God. I come against distractions, Father God, and I pray, Lord God, that you would have your way, Lord. Father, I pray this in your son's glorious name, and I, I give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory, and God's people say, Amen. Amen. The parable of the sower. This portion of scripture could also be found in the book of Matthew and Mark. I like Luke's for the simple reason he was a physician, and I just, you know, I just always gather, but they're basically the same, but in this portion of scripture in chapter 8, Jesus is giving the explanation of the sower, and he highlights the four different responses to the gospel. When you're referring to the soils, he's, he's mentioning it is how you and I act on what God is saying. The seed is the word of the kingdom. Can you say amen? amen. Jesus is telling this story of the sower who scattered seeds on four different types of soil. And the soil is the representative of the heart. How you receive the word of God. Everyone here this morning is going to hear what God is saying in his scriptures, but we will not all re, uh, receive it the same. So this morning, I just want to touch base on these different types of soil. The first soil is what refers to as the hard ground. In the scripture, it referred to it as the pathway. This is the, the ground where it is hard. How many here have ever came into a yard and, and, and it's been so trampled on, so walked over that nothing would grow from there? It's just you, just, you see a pathway and it's just hard ground. And this is the soil represents someone who is hardened by sin. That individual has a hardened heart where they cannot receive. We've all encountered these types of individuals where you try to bring the gospel and the message of hope to them, but they have so much sin in their life and they have, they've been just so entrapped by the enemy that they cannot receive it. Get out of my face. I don't want to hear it. You know what? I'm tired of it. I, you know, and this is the type that we would encounter. How many have ever been there? Where you see somebody, man, and they just look like, man, they could use a hand and you just want to just reach out to them and share the love of God. Boom, and they bark at you. Been there. They're so hardened by this, that sin that has taken place in the life. He hears but does not understand the word. And Satan comes and he plucks the message away, keeping the heart dull and preventing the word of God from making an impression in their life. Taking root. Nothing can grow on this path. Until we came to Jesus, this is the state that our heart was in. This was the state where some of us, you know what, I, I remember a time in my life where I didn't want to hear about God. I was so far from God that I didn't want to hear the message. I didn't want to hear about being a prodigal, how much God loved me. I knew he loved me, but I just didn't want it. 
I was just, you know, getting farther and farther away from God. And 20 years had passed. But God still loved me enough to continue to reach out to me. Some of us here this morning, you were so hardened by sin and hurt and, and, and just in the state that you were in. You didn't want nothing to do with God. You, you ran as far as you could, but how many know that you could run so far away, but you, you could never outrun God? Never outrun God. And some of you here this morning are, are able to lift your hands and praise God and give Him glory and thanks because you, you at, at that point where you at, you were at, you cried out to Him. And He heard you. And he saved you and he restored you and he brought you back into the house of God and brought you back into a place of restoration. See, this is, this is the God that we serve. And this is the individual who has such a heart and heart that they do not want to hear. Listen, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you he loves you so much. He loves you so much to the point that he gave his life. If you think about it, the man without sin took all our sin upon a cross. Everything that we have encountered, the shame, he took it on the cross. And the thing that I find so glorious is that he did not have to. He was the lamb of God, the sacrifice for our sins. The man who knew no sin. But he reaches out to that individual, and he loves that individual. This morning, if you are in that place where you just say, you know what, I'm just here to check it out, I want to tell you, you have the opportunity to allow Jesus Christ into your life. And you will never be the same. You will never be the same. You will never see things the way that you see them now. Because once Jesus opens your eyes and removes the scales, you're able to see what God has intended for you to see. You can see the beauty around you. You can experience the love, the love for people. How many know that before Christ, some of us, man, you could fake it. You ever been around somebody who you know does not like you? Right? You know, and they don't catch you, they, they don't catch, they don't see you when you see them rolling their eyes. I've been there. I've been there. Like, you've, you ever go into a meeting at work and you know there are several people there that don't like you? And you have to interact with them? And you, and you feel that tension. And you as a believer, you're like, man, I got to love them. You love them. Right? And that, and that number goes back and forth in your head, 70 times 7. 70 times 7. Okay, I'm at 69 right now. I'm already here. Like, I'm over you. I'm over you. Those are the people I say that light up a room when they leave. <laughs> this is the path. See, this is the, the individual that when you come to the house of God, and because your heart is so hardened, the enemy comes and he snatches the word from you. You know, you walk out, and it's 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and someone says, what was the message about today? Oh, well, you know, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, Stella's Kitchen, they had some good food. Uh, Jesus, we're not prepared. 
And because we know the agenda of the enemy is to still kill and destroy. So if you're here this morning and your prayer should be, God, open my heart so I could receive your word. You've heard me when I, when I often open prayer, I say, God, let your word fall on good ground. Let it fall on good ground that's able to, to, to take root. And you see, part of that is, is that when we come into the house of God, we need to come prepared to worship. I mean, the, the, the worship team, they go through great lengths. They practice throughout the week learning new songs. And, and their objective is, is to bring the people of God into the presence of God. Where they want to bring you to a point where you just say, you know what, man, that song is ministering to me. This song is ministered to me, and I'm opening up my heart, and I'm just allowing the word of God just to come in. If you listen to the words, they're scriptures. They're scriptures, and, and, and the, the anointing is, is through the word of God. When the word of God comes forward, it's not going to return back void. But if you have a heart in heart, it will not take root. It's just trampled over, and the enemy comes and snatches it away. In James chapter 1, verse 23, it says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks his natural face in a mirror. You ever look into the mirror, and sometimes you don't see what you like? Amen. Don't get yourself that ten-time mirror, because you definitely won't see what, like what you see. You'll sit there and you'll start pulling your eye back. Oh, God, look at this. Look at this. Some of, some of us, man, we start losing hair here and it starts coming out here and here. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's, there's, there's a, a solution to that. Amen. One person said this, the difference between hearing and listening is very simple. A hearer might be able to recite what you said, while a listener will be able to feel what you said. You could recite it. I could memorize it and recite it. But if I'm listening, I'm able to feel what is said. See, when we read the word of God... We come when we say, you know what, God, let your word speak to me. Proverbs 2, 2 says this, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and imply thy heart to understanding. Let me hear what you're saying, God. Let me hear your words and, and, and God speak to me. And, and you know what? Correct me. Have you ever asked God to correct you? And then when it comes, it's like, ugh. When God just, you know what, because when God rebukes you, it's irrefutable. Because God is bringing a correction to you. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. He's not one of those parents that's going to put you on a timeout. No, he's going to correct you. He's going to say, you know what, son, daughter, I'm doing this for your own benefit. I'm doing this so you could grow. I'm doing this because I love you. I love you to the point that I need to correct you. And as a child of God, what you're saying is, Lord, I appreciate it. Thank you, God, for revealing that to me. Thank you, God, for showing me, giving me the understanding. See, when you start to pray those prayers, God starts to reveal things to you. There's something very powerful when you get on your knees and you start asking God to search my heart. Search it. Because when God begins to search your heart, he starts to reveal things to you. It's like an echocardiogram where the, that machine goes on and you tells you all the defectives that are happening right now in your heart. It's, it's revealing things. So let's go on to the second soil. 
This is the stony ground. Pictures a man who professes delight in the word, however, his heart is not changed. This is an individual who says, man, that's good word, pastor, that's good word, but you're not letting it apply to you. When the word of God tells you, stay away from this, stay away from that, speak these words, but you continue on to do the things that you do, this is the stony ground. His heart has not changed, and when troubles arise, his so-called faith quickly disappears. This is the point where the seeds and the rocks, they start to steal your joy. These are what are referred to as the trials and the tribulations that you go to. Man, you're so excited on Thursday, man. You a great message, the worship. You came Friday to the youth, man. You're all fired up. But on Saturday, a trial came and boom, you're ready to leave it all. Nothing could take root. The rocks, they come in and they, they steal what God is trying to do. And the seed was able to plant and begin to grow. However, it could not grow deep roots and it withered in the sun. Where you're starting to grow in the things of God. You're starting to understand things. And you, you know, you got a month in. You've been in, in, in the home for, for a length of time. And God is doing a work in your life. And then a trial comes. A, 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 just a, a misunderstanding. Or words were spoken. Or you had a correction coming. And it did, you did not receive it. And it, you, it just starts to thorns. It starts to overtake your joy. And like, you know, this isn't for me. I tried it, I've done it, man, and I'm ready just to leave. Uh, you know what, this uh, Christian thing is not working for me. Uh, my, my marriage is still in shambles, man. My boss is still on my back, man. Uh, my car starts when it wants to. All these things are happening, and I just have to just leave. Leaving is not going to fix your problems. Those are opportunities for you to say, you know what, God, I need you. I need you, God. There is nothing shameful in saying that you need help. Nothing. We come from a background where we don't like to ask for help. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah, you do. You do until you don't. No, I got it. I got it. I, I've been where I see people, man, it's like, hey, bro, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And you're ready to, any little thing is shaking you. Look, it's okay to go up to your leader, go up to somebody who's strong in the Lord and say, hey, can you pray for me? Man, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And, and, and you know what, I, I need prayer, I need, there is nothing wrong with that, man, you, where you come, that's why we are a family. We're family. You know, before I came to the Lord, I was only known as Tony. Some people still know me as Tony. In high school, in middle school, everything, Tony. But one day I came to church and there was like three Tonys there. <laughs> and we all turned around. Pastor Stalas said, what does your family call you? I said, Anthony. Aren't we your family? He said, yeah. And I've been Anthony ever since. <laughs> We're family. We're family. When, when I see someone going through, through a hard time, we just stop. You know what? God help them. Strengthen them. Let their feet not go astray. Let not this trouble overtake them. And when you're in that situation, there will be an opportunity when you're going to pray for somebody. Somebody who's going through. Somebody who's lost one, a, a, a loved one. 
Someone whose, whose daughter or, or son is not where they need to be. Or, or somebody's very ill. Someone said, these are things that affect it. When I hear this, as, 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 a, as, a, as a minister, I just say, you know what, God? Let me be there for them. And you know what? Sometimes these people are in another state. We get the call. Boom, we're praying. Because I know that God can answer prayer where I am at. He can answer prayers around the world. God, you, you just speak the word, God, and it's done. So when the trials come, they don't, they don't overtake you. You don't let these, these, these stony ground overtake you and, and trample over and choke out what God is trying to do in your life. See, there's a, there's a way to overcome your trials, and that's to weather them on your knees. See, we're in a generation now where we don't want to do the work. We got prayer apps. Prayer apps. We're 50,000 people are praying for you, and you figure if 50,000 people are praying for me, I don't need to pray for myself. The relationship that you have with God is a personal one where you need to interact with God. You are the son. You are the daughter. You need to go before your father. When you go before your father, your father listens to you. Your father hearkens an ear onto you to the point he knows every hair on your head. He knows you better than you know yourself. You think that the littlest things don't matter to him? They do. Sometimes we don't want to go to God because we don't want to. Oh, man, it's so small. It's so menial that I don't want to, you know, take up his time. No, it's, it's important to God that you reach out to him for these things. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The definition of perseverance is doing something despite the difficulty or the delay in achieving success. Achieving success. See, we want it now. We don't want to wait. God, I want it now. We, we say a prayer and then we're just sitting there on the couch waiting for it. It's been 15 minutes, God. See, the testing of your faith. Some of you have been praying for, had a prayer for many years. And you know what? It might not even happen in your time. I speak of an individual that, that we have here in the house of God. His mother was such a, an amazing woman of God. So faithful, praying for her loved ones. And after she passed and went home to be with the Lord, her children and grandchildren are now serving God. God is faithful. God is faithful, even when we're not. He is faithful. He hears your prayers, and your loved ones will come to Christ in time. You just need to pray and watch and say, God, you do what you have to do. Sometimes we want, you know, we want to interfere. Sometimes we just need to back off and let God do what he's going to do. Bring them through a little troubled waters because sometimes we won't cry out to God until we're ready to cry out to God. So consider it pure joy because our testing of our faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance, verse 4, finish its work so that you may be mature 
and complete, not lacking anything. That's where the maturity comes. See, God is looking to build his church with mature individuals. Growing. Growing. Some of us have house plants. You ever have that house plant that you do everything and it doesn't do nothing? Right there. Right there. You remember the old, uh, I'm that, my, my wife, they, they laugh at my kids. They call me uh, like uh, uh, Detective Gadget, you know. I love weird stuff, right? I'm that guy that when you go into Walmart, I go straight to the as seen on TV section. All that. I like that stuff. It's, it's weird. I'm weird like that. And so I remember topsy-turvy, where you grow tomatoes upside down. Man, I must have spent about 40-some bucks on all that stuff. The soil, all that stuff, man. And I was just waiting for my tomatoes, man, just waiting. <laughs> One came out, and it was all ugly and chueco, and it was like, ah, I'm doing everything. I'm following all the directions, and I'm not getting tomatoes. The picture on the thing shows all these tomatoes and stuff like that. I spent like 40-some bucks on all this stuff, and, man, I watered it. I put it in the sun. I moved it here, moved it there. did everything that I thought to do, you know, and then here comes my wife and daughter walking in with a bag of tomatoes from Northgate, $1.69. I told them, look, you laugh at my tomato. Ain't none of you going to have none of them. I cut that ugly thing up and put it in a salad. Hallelujah. <laughs> so let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. The third soil. This is the thorny ground. It depicts one who seems to receive the word, but whose heart is full of riches and pleasures and lusts. You got the word. The word comes in you, but you're more concerned about the things of the world than you are in what God is trying to impart into you. This is the third soil. It's a thorny one. It is the distraction of the thorns. And you cannot bear fruit if you are in this state. This is where you need to say, God, remove these thorns from my life because you're still able to sprout up. But because you're growing up within the thorns, you're not producing the fruit that God wants you to do. He, you're not producing the, the patience, the love, the kindness. You're not producing the fruits of the spirit. The greed and the worldly cares are overtaking you. Colossians 3.2 says this, Set your mind on things that are pure above, not on things that are on earth. Why is that? Because the things on earth are temporal. See, we live in a society, man, where we want to build up our stockpile of toys. You got to have this. You got to have that. Oh, I got the latest speaker. I got the latest phone. I got the iPhone 24. I got all these things. All these toys, and this is where my attention, this is where I'm distracted because I'm so focused on the things of the world that I cannot grow in the thorns. I'm not developing. I'm not growing. I, God, you know what? What is going on with me? And what God is doing is he's revealing these things to you, and you just, they just go away. Oh, you know what? Uh, I, I got to put in the overtime. I can't be faithful to church. I can't do these things. Because I'm, I'm so committed to the outside things. Titus 2, 11, 12 reads this. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us 
to renounce ungodliness and the worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Self-control. Not acting on the impulses that you have to do the things of the world. See, after a length of time, you start to say, oh, you know what? I've been serving the Lord now a year, six months, two years. I think I'm strong enough to go to the club and be a light for Jesus. (laughs) You know, you're going to interact with people. Jesus spent so much time with sinners, they never changed him. He changed them. Never did. So you could be around unsaved people, but you must be the light. You must be the salt. You must be the unique one, the peculiar one. That when you come and you're in the presence, they don't feel so comfortable speaking those dirty jokes, talking about the worldly things. Because they know that you're a man and you're a woman of God. That you stand for righteousness. I've had people always ask me, I don't see anything wrong with doing this and doing all that. Well, the fact that you're asking me to see what I say about it is the point that you're trying to make. It's not. You don't feel good about it. You're just trying to get somebody to co-sign on it. You ever feel like, is it wrong to do this? Is it wrong to do that? Is it okay to smoke? I've heard one preacher say, look, you could, it ain't going to keep you out of heaven. It's just going to get you there faster. <laughs> Psalms 37, David said this, verse 4. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight. See, that's the key is to delight in the Lord. See, if coming to church and reading your word, getting into prayer, listening to worship, if it's such a struggle for you, You're not delighting in the Lord. If it's such a burden for you to come to church and drag yourself. Look, we've all been there. We've all been there where we've had just that one day. And you know what? You're just over it, man. People, bosses, people, traffic, everything. You've been there, but you say, you know what? I'll just catch it on live stream or, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll do. But there is something when you come in beat down and you walk through those doors and you allow God just to, and, and you know, sometimes you're just so tired, your hands are like this. And then when Raul and them get through the, like the third song, you're like right here. And before you know it, your, your hands are up and you're praising God and you're thanking God that you came to church. You're thanking God. God is refreshing you. God is restoring you. God's word is coming at you, man. And you're just so thankful. And you walk out the the doors and you're so overjoyed. He said, thank God I came to church. Thank God I, I received the word. Thank God that I was here in the presence of God. Thank God. You got to delight in the Lord. If you have, if you don't have that, you have a leak in your Christianity. See, the point of this parable of the sower was a man's reception of God's word is determined by the condition of his heart. It's always the heart. As a man thinks, it comes from within the heart. Because you start to just say, you know what, you're, you're, you're losing your love for God. You're losing your love for the things of God. See, when that starts to happen, that's where we need to come to a point of repentance. We say, God, renew in me. A clean heart. 
Renew in me a joy. God, that joy that I'm losing, that lack of, of, of excitement. God, I'm losing it. God, stir me up. Sometimes you just need to put some worship on. Alexa, volume 10, worship music. Man, and she'll bless it, and you just go throughout the house. Man, you could just go and anoint your doors. God, bless this house. Anyone who comes in, anyone who leaves, God, get a little crazy. Get a little crazy. Some of you didn't care that they knew that you were crazy in the world. Right? They had, they had uh, health services ready to call a 5150 on you in a heartbeat. It's okay to get a little radical for Jesus. It's okay to just get a little excited. Come on, you got so excited at, 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 the, at the concerts. Man, you, were, you, you threw yourself out there. You bought the t-shirt. Man, you wanted everybody to know you were there. It's okay to get excited for Jesus in the house of God. It's okay to shout. It's okay to praise God. It's okay just to lift your hands up. See, when we become withered and dry, we don't allow the word of God to drench us. That's where you just say, God, soak me. You ever been so soaked? You've been out there, man, and your mom told you, take an umbrella, it's going to rain. Nah, it's not. I see the sun. <laughs> and you come in all like a wet noodle. <laughs> John 4, 14 says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that, that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up in everlasting life. See, you've been around people who have a, a well within them that's springing up. People who are overjoyed. People who are so excited. I see some people who are going through some very difficult times. Sickness, illnesses. But they got the joy of the Lord. They got the excitement of God. You know what? I, I know God is doing something. I know God is up to something. God is moving. God is moving the chess pieces and making a way where there is no way. See, when you're in that point, when you're in that position, you're in a good place. You're in, the, you're in God's will. You are doing something right. If the enemy is opposing you, you're doing something right. You're making all hell uh, tr uh, tremble when you walk in. The devil should tremble when the people of God come into a presence. When they come into a, the building or they come into the restaurant or they come in, presence of God goes before you, God. And I just pray, God, just a blessing over this establishment. John 17, 17 says this, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God is going to sanctify you, cleanse you. You're saved, but are you sanctified? Are you allowing the word of God to come in and break up that soil? Turn with me to the book of Hosea. I want everybody, open your phone, open your Bible, turn to the book of Hosea, chapter 12. They'll put it up. I'm closing with this. It says this. It says, sow to yourself in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rain righteousness upon you. What does it mean to break up fallow ground? You have to break the hardened ground. You have to break the ground, drench it. If you got hard soil, you want to drench it with the water, and then you break it up. Because growth will not take place until the soil is broken up.
begins with the act of sowing. Sowing, as we well know, is to plant and to put into soil. God's word will not go into the soil of your heart until it's broken up and repents and righteousness is coming. Righteousness is coming. It can be said this way, that sowing is to do something that will eventually bring particular results. When you start to sow into righteousness and break up the fall of ground, you're going to see results. You're going to see results. How many like to see results of your, of your efforts? Look, at if you're going to the gym six days a week and you're not buffed out, <laughs> you're not doing it. If you're doing the things that God has called you to do, you're going to see results. You're going to see fruit. You're going to see joy. You're going to see something taking place in your life. You're transforming. You're progressing. You're growing in the things of God. You're, you're having a heart. You're, God's taking that heart of stone and he's turning it into a heart of flesh. And you start to see how God sees. You start to walk how God. You are the hands and the feet of God. Follow ground is the ground that has been left unplowed and it becomes hardened. See, you could be here coming to church for years and still have a hardened heart. And leave the same. And the enemy snatches it away. And there's no growth and there's no development. Why am I still angry? Why am I still anxious? Why am I still in depression? In depression? Why am I still facing these things? Because the hardened ground has not been broken up. And the word of God cannot penetrate and take root and grow. And you have no growth in your life and you're miserable. You're miserable. You have no joy. Hearing the word of God does not bring delight to you. You're not, you're not uh, seeking after the things of God. When I, when I bring someone to Christ, my prayer is that they become a God chaser. That they chase after God. That they want everything of God. You want everything of God. God, I want, I want everything that you have to offer. Give it to me, God. I want to I serve. I want to be in your presence. God, I want everything that you have for me. These are God chasers. And that is why Hosea here tells us to break up the follow ground. The ground is nothing more than your heart. When Jesus referred to the four types of soil in the Gospels, he was not talking about natural soil. He was referring to the heart of mankind. How you receive the God, the Gospel. How you receive the Word. See, some of us are going to leave here the same way we came in. I got to go. I got to go. And we don't receive it. I remember back in the day when church services were like three hours, four hours. See, to now we have so many things to do. So many places to be. And we just continue to wither away and just say, you know what? Trim it down, trim it down, trim it down, trim it down to nothing. See, we're in that generation now. Everything is thin. You ever see those thin Oreo cookies? Why? You buy them because they, it, it sounds healthy, but then you end up putting four of them together. Right? So we break it up. Hosea was addressing them as a nation of backsliders. Backsliders. See, 
We're living in a church generation now where they don't want to mention these things. You know, don't call them this. Call them unhoused. (laughs) Don't call them backsliders. Call them prodigals. Because it's less offensive. The word of God is a... It'll do two things. It will comfort the afflicted and it will afflict the comfort. You get to a point where you're so comfortable, you read the word of God and it'll start to tell you. It'll start to tell you what you have. You ever get to a point where you're like, okay, no, I don't want to read that. No, no, I need to go to, I need to go to some Proverbs, man. It's so like, yeah, speak to me, love me. Notice again the wording of the prophet when he said, so to yourself, or you must do it yourself. See, if you're here just for your spouse, and it's their thing and not yours, make it yours. God doesn't have son-in-laws. Don't have daughter-in-laws. He doesn't have grandchildren. He is your God or he's not. He's not. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10, it says, now, in he, now he that ministers the seed to the sower, both minister bread for the food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. When we desire to live by the word of God, we allow God to multiply and increase his righteousness in us. And we are in a generation that is saying evil is good because they are looking on evil and saying that it is right and acceptable in, the, in their eyes. This is the generation that we're in. I saw it on the news last night, and I couldn't believe it, where a whole school district is allowing uh, drag queens to read stories to our children. Kindergarten. This is confusing. They don't need to see this. They don't need to view this. And it's, it's to make us acceptable, to make us more tolerable of the changes that they want to implement. This is where as parents and and grandparents, where you just need to step in and just say, you know what? We don't allow that. We're people of God and we don't allow that. Say what you want to say about me. Say I'm radical. Say I'm crazy. Say I'm this. But call me a Christian. I'm a Christian before I'm this. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm a child of God. And we stand for this. True righteousness is not based on how we look at it. It is based on how God sees it. I want us all to stand this morning. Follow ground, hard ground. See, the one area that if I look back on these last 14 years is I had to bring myself and humble myself before God. That's hard. Because over years, you tend to think, this is how I am. This is how I'm made. And this is, you know what, this is generations, man. My father was this. My, my grandfather, his grandfather was this. And, and we have this attitude that we carry with us. And we don't allow God to bring us to a place of humility. And I would just have to say, you know what, God, reveal to me who I am. And he does. He does. I'm not perfect, man. I am not perfect by any man. Man, I, I, I thank God for, for my family who points things out to me. 
points things out to me. That they love me to the point where they say, you know what, that, you still got that nonsense. You still got that. You need to get rid of that. You need to bring that to God. You might walk away. Oh, pss, pss. You ever that? But then, man, when it hits you in the heart, God's telling you, that's, I'm revealing it to you. I revealed it to them to point it out to you. Because they love you, they're going to tell you the truth. What's the saying? I'd rather, I'd rather uh, slap you with the truth than kiss you with a lie. The word of God is truth. It'll set you free. Maybe you're here this morning, somebody invited you. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I'm here, but I've never asked Christ into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. If that's you here this morning, I want you to step out of your seat.